Hi everybody, my name is Landon Arenas. Thanks for listening to episode 127 of the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Welcome to the Vortex Apologetic, where substance reigns over mindless entertainment. Because biblical truth matters in a profound, timely, and urgent way in a lost and dying world. And now, introducing your humble servants in Jesus Christ, Ricardo, a.k.a. B. Arenas, and Jeff, the Brain, Claiborne. The storm is coming. What storm, bro? You'll find out. Do I have to wait till the end for this? Yes, you do. Ah. Second half of the podcast. The Folks, don't you love it coming. when you're left in what, <clears throat> drama, suspense? Like, what is it? Like, you're teasing me here, man. Second half of the podcast, brother. The storm is coming. I guess I have to wait now. <laughs> well, you know what? Let's get going on the first half. All right, let's do it. What you, what you got? Let's see what you got. Man. We'll start with some news, bro. Because I'm another one of these sugar pills. You know how we're talking, or they've been talking about the COVID virus, a second wave, and all this stuff. They, right? It's waving at us. It's something like I'm yeah, like, like waving, waving, waving at us, mm-hmm. like like it's coming. I'm waving because I'm coming at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just when we thought, you know what, this whole rioting, rioting thing, and. Racism and cops are all bad and racist and they're only killing black people. Guess what? Another wave of uh, this stuff has just come again. Another what? Another wave of this has come again. Okay. So, just this past week, Dante Wright, a 20-year-old black man killed in officer-involved shooting in Minnesota. Young man. Uh... So it goes, and that's why there's rioting again, brother. Right, yeah. Uh, young man got killed. <clears throat> okay. Uh, you know, he uh, they ran his plate. They were, um, <clears throat> his uh, rec- registration expired. <clears throat> Stopped him. Told him to get out of the car. Apparently what I saw in the video. <clears throat> Once questioned and told what, you know, what they were doing, he made a, ra- a run for it. Jumped in his car and try either try to drive away or try to reach for something. Now he's known in social media for flaunting his gun, brother. He's had a gun, so apparently the officer, whom was a woman that shot him dead, apparently made a mistake and confused the gun or the taser for the gun. And you can hear her say on the on the video, "Taser, taser," but it was her gun going off. Boom, boom, boom. <clears throat> so we're back to. Square one, I guess, brother. We're back to departments need to get their dog on act together and stop putting the taser on the same side as the gun or putting it in, in proximity to the gun. Mm-hmm. Big mistake. The last time that happened was San Francisco BART police. Mm. And uh, the, the officer went to tase a suspect and instead pulled the gun instead of the taser, thinking it was the taser, and shot him. Mm. That officer's liable. 
Yeah. In that. Yeah. And this officer here, from what you just told me, is liable. Yep. Uh, because uh, that's well, I mean, it, it, she's going to have to be able to show that um, the use of force that she used is legitimate. That there was immediate danger to life. Yeah. Um, that he was going to take someone else's life or her life. Or there was immediate danger that someone was going to die from his actions. Immediate danger means it's imminent. It's going to, you know, it's it's not that he has the potential to go down the road later on and kill somebody. No, yeah. this has to be immediate threat to someone's life uh-huh. in order for her to use deadly force. And that's that's pretty much policy for departments across the country. Mm. <clears throat> I mean, that's pretty standard yeah. around the country. And so um, that's uh, not good for that officer. No, it's a good. tough one. So, um, so but, uh, the, the, but I also blame the department because they are, the way they're positioning tasers on these officers, it, this is the reason it happens that way. The officers, number one, need to train a lot on reaching for the taser rather than the gun. And it needs to be muscle memory where they can reach and it's just automatic. But number two, I'm sorry, but putting the taser on the same side, on the gun side, mm-hmm. is a huge mistake. And it's going to create a lot of liability for departments far into the future yeah. if they don't remedy that problem. So I partially blame the department for that. Mm. And the officer, I mean, you know, if, if, if they gave me a taser and told me you have to wear it on your gun side, I don't know that I would ever, ever use a taser. Mm. In a situation like that, yeah, you know, uh, because of the potential for making that mistake, I yeah. would I would practice a hundred times getting that taser out, yeah, to make sure it's the taser, not the weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I never carried a taser, yeah, when I was an officer. But I I mean that's 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 an issue there, yeah. So yeah, it's an unfortunate story. <clears throat> you, know, right. you know, unfortunately, it's causing again people to. Scream, um, you know, another black man dead and racism. He, he's he's half black, half white. Okay. Uh, so anyway, his name is Dante Wright, 20-year-old, half black, half white uh, man killed. Uh, Katie Wright said her son called her as he was supposedly getting pulled over for having air fresheners hanging in his rear view, rear view mirror. Okay. Let me pause. Air fresheners. Let, yeah. let me pause you on that one. The reason officers do that, they're looking for a reason to get into the car and make a felony, felony arrest. Oh, okay. That's called a probable cause stop. Mm. Uh, it's it's not officially, but unofficially. Unofficial. Officer. Ah. Officers, yeah. You you find, if you, if you see a car, you say, okay, I think that car's got drugs in it, or I think that car's involved in something. Okay. I want a reason to stop it. Those little vehicle codes and stuff like you can't have anything hanging from your rearview mirror stuff yeah. like that <clears throat> they're the, the little secret people don't know and, and the lawyers know this that write these laws mm-hmm. and the cops know this yeah the reason they write laws like that mm-hmm. which personally i think need to go away i need those laws need to be gone but the reason they write them is for so that the officers will have a means by which to legally stop the car and start building probable cause on the stop to make an arrest. Mm. That's the reason for that. I can't wait 
second part of the podcast, I can't wait till we get back to common law, get back to the Constitution, and get rid of that stuff mm. because it's causing a lot of problems. Yeah. <clears throat> Great point there, brother. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, mm. So Dante Wright, a 20-year-old black man fatally shot by a female police officer during a traffic stop in Minneapolis suburb Sunday afternoon. Brooklyn Center Police Chief Tim Gannon on Monday described the shooting as an accidental discharge. He said the officer responsible intended to fire a taser, not a handgun. Okay. <laughs> the term he used the term accidental discharge. Now remember, I was a cop for thirty years. Uh, no, no, and I, that's okay. why I, I wanted to go and, over this. Yeah. And, and I support law enforcement, obviously. Yeah, right. right? But come on now, come on, chief. Accidental <laughs> discharge. The she the gun accidentally went off. That's what that means. That's BS. I'm sorry. That's Barbara Streisand. Okay. <laughs> So that's <laughs> just, it's just just in case there's that's kids. Awesome. You know. So anyway, uh, yeah, that's 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 no that's nonsense. Mm. Okay, she meant to pull the trigger. <clears throat> she just thought it was a taser, not the firearm. <clears throat> so there was right. not an accidental discharge. It was a mistaken uh, identity of the weapon she was using. Mm. Mm. Another great point, brother. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, so, by, by, by uh-huh. the way, just real quick. Yeah. Um, the reason I know this is because I was a use of force instructor when yes, I was you are. Yeah. That's right. I was actually I actually graduated the FBI um, Defensive Tactics Instructors course. Um, we actually held it at the the Marine Corps base out here. They came out and trained us out here at the Marine Corps base, and um, it was a tough course. Yeah, I bet. But but. Um, we were use of force instructors when we came out, uh-huh. and uh, so I know this stuff intimately. So that's so in case people are wondering, you know, am I am I credible in what yeah. I'm saying? I am. Yeah. But go no, ahead. folks, he, he's yeah. a, he's a big deal. He was no. a big deal. <laughs> well, you know, that, now now he's kind of not you that know. big. I'm only five nine, brother. Yeah, I know. He's, <laughs> he looks bigger. I'm just <laughs> anyway. Go ahead. <laughs> So body camera footage of the fatal encounter shows three officers around a stopped car. When another officer attempts to handcuff Wright, a struggle ensues. Wait a minute, wait a minute. He was, he's been shot. No, no, not at this point. So she shot at the car? No. They had stopped him. Uh, they made him get out of his car. They were questioning him, and then okay. they tried to handcuff him. I okay, believe. okay, got it. So the struggle ensues. And then you hear taser, taser, taser. One of the officers is heard shouting. Another officer fires a single shot from her handgun. The car speeds away. That's right. He did speed away. I saw that in the video. And the officer is heard saying, holy blank, I shot him. Authorities said the car was pulled over for having an expired registration. And after determining the driver had an outstanding warrant, police said they tried to arrest him. The driver then re-entered the vehicle. And an officer fired, striking him, police said. The vehicle traveled several blocks before striking another vehicle. A female passenger sustained non-life-threatening injuries during the crash. Authorities said uh, Dante's mother, Katie Wright, said the passenger was her son's girlfriend. So who was Dante Wright? Court records... Oh, what happened here? Oh, sorry about that. This just completely jumped. I lost my story. Where did it go? Right here. 
Sorry about that, folks. So who was Dante Wright? Court records show Wright has a criminal record after failing to appear in court on charges that he fled from officers and possessed a gun without a permit during an encounter with Minneapolis police in June. In that case, a statement of probable cause said police got a call about a man waving a gun who was later identified as Wright. Katie Wright said her son called her as he was supposedly getting pulled over for having air fresheners hanging in her rearview mirror. An offense in Minnesota. Okay, so pause. So I'm assuming that that's how the call came out from dispatch. Mm-hmm. Is that he waved a, he he brandished a weapon, uh-huh. a firearm, right? Got in the car and drove away. So now they've got a. Uh, I don't know if that's a misdemeanor or a felony in in Minneapolis mm-hmm. uh, or Minnesota. Um, it's a, it would be a misdemeanor here in California. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their law is there. Um, but that that now they have a definite crime, so yeah. they so now they have they can make an arrest, just on that alone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then and do an investigation, and then if if they determine an investigation that the initial information was not correct, but they acted on the initial information that okay. the crime was committed, mm-hmm. then they can in California the law is they can do what's called an eight forty nine B. Okay. Just, it's good for people to know this stuff. Yeah, I know. That's great information. Um, and 849B is a, 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 it's a release after an, an arrest. So they are capable of releasing after an arrest before taking someone to jail. If the facts, after once you begin your investigation, the facts determine that what you initially thought had occurred did mm-hmm. not actually occur. Mm. And so you, the, the the law gives the officers an out where they can say, okay, we we're going to release you because we've now determined mm-hmm. that what we thought you did, you didn't do, or what was reported that you did, you didn't do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But so he the report is he brandished a weapon. So now they're going after somebody who's armed, possibly dangerous, and that changes the dynamic a little bit. So go ahead. It says here, all he did was have air fresheners in the car, and they told him to get out of the car, Wright okay, that, said. that line is stupid. Yeah. Who wrote that? That's the mother's statement. That's okay. what she okay. was saying. That line, cause then I'm, then yeah. I'm not going to say it's stupid. I thought it was the, the reporter that wrote that. Uh, no, it was no. the mom, right. Okay. Because uh, so mo- apparently that's what he, the, the son told her. The, okay, so that's all she knew. Yeah, that's all she needed, right. Okay. From so the call. I'll, I'll take that back. Then. Yeah. Yeah. And then ahead. it says, during the call, so at the same time when they were in that call, she said she heard scuffling and then someone saying, Dante, don't run, before the call landed. When she called back, her son's girlfriend answered and said he had been shot. Shortly after the shooting, demonstrators began to gather with some jumping atop police cars. Marchers also descended onto the Brooklyn Center Police Department where rocks and other objects were thrown at officers, authorities said. Wright's father, Aubrey, told the Washington, Washington Post that his son had just asked his mom for $50 for a car wash. That's a lot of money for a car wash. And was headed there when he was shot. I know my son. He was, he was scared. He still had the mind of a 17-year-old because we babied him, Wright told the outlet. If he was resisting an arrest, you could tase him. I don't understand it. Aubrey said Dante had a two-year-old son and dropped out of high school two years ago 
because of a learning disability. Dante has since worked in retail and fast food restaurants to support his son and plan to get his GED, Aubrey told the Post. He was a great kid. He was a normal kid. He was never in serious trouble. He enjoyed spending time with his two-year-old son. He loved his son. Court records indicate Dante has had some previous brushes with the law. He was arrested in February on a charge of aggravated robbery, but later released from custody. In February 2020, Dante was also convicted of a, of a misdemeanor for disorderly conduct in connection with an event the prior summer. And in late 2019, he pleaded guilty to a petty misdemeanor for possession and sale of a small amount of marijuana. So, on the aggravated robbery, we don't know if he was actually guilty of that or not. We don't know, right? Okay, so it's just an arrest, but we, but there's no conviction. Yeah, and but uh, apparently uh, there was a warrant for his arrest at the time well, because I'm, I'm of that. Well, I'm assuming, based upon what I'm hearing here, uh-huh. and this is just an assumption, that that was for failure to appear in court. Probably, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it's called an FTA, but it's mm-hmm. uh, if you don't appear in court, the the judge will issue a bench warrant. Mm, that's right, those bench yeah. warrant. Yeah. yeah. So I'm assuming that's what that was, but I can't say for sure. So uh, without actually seeing the court records. Yeah. But based just based upon the story, so <clears throat> so basically basically aggravated assault, but no conviction. That that according to the story, no right. conviction. So we don't. So we can't really count that as, you know, did he did he do it or did he not do it? We don't right. know. We don't know. Based upon what the mom was saying on his learning disability or his, it sounds like he had some issues there. So maybe um, emotional responses to things quite easily. Uh, when she said he was scared, it makes sense to me mm-hmm. if he has a learning disability, if he's mm-hmm. having that kind of difficulty. Because people like that do get scared easily, especially with authority figures, mm-hmm. and they they react emotionally on that, and so that's probably what was happening. Mm-hmm. He he was confused, didn't know what was going on. This is just from my experience in, in yeah. working with sure. people out in the field. I mean, I've I've been able to work come into those situations with people like mm-hmm. that and be able mm-hmm. to talk them into what I need them to do yeah simply by staying calm right. officers need to learn how to do that. I know officers want to go in and really go hard I mean they're going according yeah. to their training but you've got to every situation is different that you walk into and you've got to discern it mm-hmm. you've got to be able to discern it so anyway uh, I'm not Monday morning quarterbacking officers. That's going to be determined. <laughs> That'll be determined by the investigation and everything on that. But yeah. here's the thing. Um, th- it makes sense what she was saying as far as the, the, the learning disability and his reaction. That, that goes hand in hand from my experience. Okay. So he's scared. He doesn't. Uh, he's probably confused, doesn't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. As far as his criminal record, um, I mean, uh, the worst thing I heard was the aggravated robbery Right. But an arrest, but no conviction. And how often are, are people pointed out as doing things, and you find out later that you know the witness was wrong? Yeah, that pointed them out. So we don't know if he actually committed that aggravated assault, right? right. Or a robbery, I should say. It could be somebody else that, but he fit that description. Yeah. Somebody pointed him out. So, and then the other thing was just a simple misdemeanor, probably yeah. based on his learning disability. 
Could be. Reactions Could be. of that sort. Now, the only thing, brother, <clears throat> when people started looking into his social media, mm-hmm. uh, his post, they can see him showing off a handgun. Uh, many others, you know, they have said that he's always flashing gang signs. Okay. Showing off stacks of money on his uh, okay. social media. Now and we use, have and using drugs. Now we have a different so, dynamic. Now, now we've got more information, <laughs> yeah, and a bigger and a bigger picture. Right. So that the initial so, reaction, and that's why, again, people not waiting for the facts to come out, mm-hmm. but just reacting to that right. instant what happened. What 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 I mean, what what brought the rioting again in the protests was because it was a cop and it was a, a young black man involved. That's why yeah, I'm gonna address that side of it in a moment. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why no. it, it sparked. And no. again, what it was, cops are bad. No. You know, black people are getting killed by cops. You know, so once people started looking into social media and looking at the facts, well, he was a troubled young man. You know, I mean, just by his social media. And he wasn't, I mean, there's videos of him, you know, that showing a, you know, gun and, you know, like there's a video that he posted, you know, Twitter and different, there's a few others. And... Again, it's one of those things where people be careful what you post or the things that you do because ultimately right. the evidence is all it's everywhere. Right. You cannot stop showing these. You cannot see those. And again, so that, that shows background on him. Background, that's, that's correct. What we, what we call correct. background, where we kind of get a picture of who he was as far as. So he's probably either he was involved in gangs or he was somebody with a learning disability that wanted to identify with gangs. That could be it as well. And right? uh, maybe they had some guns at home and maybe he was showing off. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can see this. But here's the thing. Uh, and we don't know really. To, I mean, you would almost have to check with the local gangs to see if he was actually involved. Right. You know? right. right. But if he's got a learning disability to that level, Gang probably won't take him. Right. You know, they probably would not let yeah. him in. You know, but you never know. Anyway, here's the thing. When it comes to the other side of it, the reaction to the shooting. Mm-hmm. Once again, my humble opinion, based upon my experience, the people that are rioting could care less about this kid. He, he means absolutely nothing to them. Right. They're seeing an opportunity uh, to go out and, and do the rioting mm-hmm. and, and, and make a point. Okay? So it, it, this is coordinated effort. And I'm going to make a shocking statement here, but I don't care. I never care. <laughs> I'm, I, just shock, I just shock away. <laughs> I'm like what? a lightning. You don't care, bro. What? I'm, I'm just multiple lightning strikes. Okay. <laughs> the, these low level uh, jump on the cop car and act out and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Riots, right? You can you can draw a line all the way from that low level all the way up to the highest uh, globalist deep state cabal that's basically got the world on a stranglehold right now. Mm-hmm. There's a, a connection. All these dots connecting all the way back down to that. Those folks are being funded by people like Soros and others. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. 
which is which could care less about this young man. Oh yeah, I care more about this young man than they do. I'll tell you mm-hmm. right now. Uh, I would love to see him be re- rehabilitated and get his life together. Yeah, yeah, of course. But unfortunately, you've got a combination here of an officer making a critical mistake, partially because I don't think she trained enough with that between the taser and the weapon at mm-hmm. firearm, and partially because of the department, probably the placement of now, the taser Before on you her. move forward, so, because you were talking about the training part, uh-huh. have you seen, or in your experience being a police officer, did you ever encounter you know officers that had been, because this officer, she'd been in the force 20 plus years. Have okay. you ever come across 20 plus year tenured officers that had really bad training? Or that they still made mistakes where you thought, yes. man, you should have gotten, you get better yes. training. Okay, okay. When we first came out with the body cams, mm-hmm. several times I forgot to turn my cam on. Mm, okay. I so. wasn't used to it. Mm-hmm. I was in a particular habit, a particular way of doing things as an officer. See, it's harder to train a 20 plus year veteran mm-hmm. okay. because they're stuck in their ways. Yeah. I mean, they, they've got, they've, for 20 years, they've been doing police work a certain way. So a new administration comes in, new chief and all this, and they add a piece of equipment like a taser, and all of a sudden, this officer has to relearn and undo 20 years of habit. Mm-hmm. You know, because 20 years of habit uh-huh. is going for that handgun. Yeah. And I was going to say, and yeah. how, how often do you pull out the taser or the gun? Not very often. So, you know, the gun, yeah. if you're doing a building search the gun, in the middle of the night, the gun, um, anytime, sure. you know, the gun's going to come right. out. Um, you get a felony hot stuff, the, stop, the gun's going to come. I mean, I pulled my gun a number, quite a few times mm-hmm. when I was on for hot stop, for, for um, you know, a lot for building searches. Mm-hmm. A ton of building searches, you know, on alarms. Got alarm, open door, or, you know, a smashed door. Yeah. And we've got multiple alarms inside. We know there's movement. We know somebody's in there. The gun's coming out when we go to do the search, mm, okay. right? Okay. That kind of thing. So you, I mean, and on the range. Yeah. Four times a year, we're on the range. We were on our department four times a year. Mm-hmm. We were on the range pulling our weapon. Right and we, and multiple times between that on shifts pulling the weapon, it became secondhand, second hand, second without even thinking about it. Yeah, you know we line up on the we come up on a door, uh, open door on a building, multiple alarms. I mean just automatically that gun, yeah, without yeah. even thinking that gun came out mm, okay. and we can't we took on position yeah. right. It was it was second nature. Then you're gonna add a taser. Mm. And put it down here on the leg below the below the firearm. Now, what is body memory of that officer going to do? Go for that taser or go, or go for that firearm? Whatever's first right here. Body memory is <laughs> going to be for that firearm. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I, that's, that's a fault. That's why I'm a big fan of make the officer pull the taser with the off-gun hand. You know, if they're left-handed, that'd be the right hand. If it's right-handed, that'd be the left hand. And then switch over to the gun hand in order to use the taser. Taser's not right now immediate danger. Got to pull the weapon and fire quickly. You know, gunslinger style yeah, type of right. weapon. Taser is you can take your time 
to do a taser. I mean, you got to say taser, taser, taser before you fire it, right? Mm-hmm. You're already in a struggle. You're not, it's not life-threatening. It's just trying to get the suspect in control in a manner that you, you don't want to harm the suspect. That's the purpose of the tra- taser. Yeah. Is that you're you're tasing the suspect so that you don't physically have to harm you know you're not going to physically harm the suspect in the middle of a of a scruff, scruffle which you know fights are not controlled things or their motion motion is dynamic in a fight you don't have con- full control in a fight and so you could get hurt the suspect could, could get hurt. Um, and you might have an intent to do an arm bar or uh, an arm lock or something to get them into a handcuffing position, but uh, in the process of trying to do that, the suspect moves a certain way or does mm. this or does that, and it mm-hmm. damages their shoulder. Or you know, <clears throat> so it, the, the taser right. is designed to avoid that. Yeah. Problem with the taser is a taser fails way too often. Mm. You tase them and it doesn't work. Either the either the probes don't hit right. You have to have two contact points between two probes going across the body, so the probes have to hit right. If one of them misses, the taser is not going to work. Mm. Okay. If they hit too close, it's not going to work, right? And some some people, believe it or not, are resistant to the taser, especially if they're hyped up on drugs. Yeah, if you're heavy on drugs, it's not going to. There's been multiple tasers used on individuals, and, and you still they go didn't in work, nothing. right? Yep. So I'm not a big fan of the taser. Be honest with you, hmm. I'm not yeah. a big fan of it. Yeah. Um, I went hands on if I had to go hands on, but yeah, I learned how to talk people in the handcuffs. That's a big. That's yeah. a skill a 20 plus veteran needs to have or needs to have developed. Yeah. Right. And you, most 20 plus veterans that have done, done their job correctly. They're really good at talking people in the handcuffs. Mm, they, okay. They're good at the psychology side of it. All right, they know how to how to calm the suspect, and you know. It, now, some suspects, it's just not going to matter because it's the third strike. They they've got multiple felonies. You know, they're they've come out of prison and they're ready to fight. There's nothing you're going to be able to do. But most suspects, you can do that with. So. Anyway, I'm giving all the cop stuff, but anyway, that's <laughs> you went into cop mode. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's that's where it is. So yeah, I, I anyway that's and then third, you have the actions of the suspect. Mm. Resistance. Yep. Resisting officers is a huge mistake. I don't care what. Mm. You know, stop asking the officer why are you pulling him over, why are you doing this, why are you doing that. No, just comply. Yeah. The wise comes when the lawyer walks in okay yeah, yeah. your lawyer will handle that okay mm-hmm. it, if the, if let the officer screw up and then bring it out in court yeah i mean that that's how you handle that you don't resist at the scene mm-hmm. that you only hurt your case when you resist at the scene mm-hmm. and then tragic things like this happen yeah you know and then, of course, the protesters come in, and they're they're pushing an agenda. Oh yeah! And the agenda is, well, that's a big picture. The agenda oh. goes goes into what the globalists want. But the, yeah, and, and, and I was going to say, brother, just recently, the lady that you know founded uh, Black Lives Matter, 
just now reports came out of her, her owning. $1.4 Yeah, and not, only, not just that one, a few other homes in the millions owned. Right. There, is there so an agenda a, there? <laughs> yeah, it's a scam. <laughs> she's, getting paid, she's getting paid off by the globalists. Yep. That's right? amazing. And what's, yeah, what's just, the payoff? Well, they want to create division <clears throat> between the races so they can cause a race war in America, and it helps them push their agenda. Yeah. Did you see the reports on CNN, too? Veritas Project. Yes. The evidence that came out with them blatantly saying, yeah, we wanted Trump out. Yes, we propaganda right. for that. And we... Right. <laughs> they admitted that they that they pushed propaganda on their news sites, mm-hmm. on, on CNN, yeah. to push Trump out. That, yeah. that They were lying, yeah. blatantly lying to the public. And what's crazy is that yeah. all of us that we are discerning and, you know, see these things, understand them, and kind of know a little bit of them because we research them. That's why we encourage everybody to do so. Mm-hmm. We kind of saw that that was taking place, you right. know. Right. And, and that's probably the biggest slap in the face that we knew they were doing it, and here they are telling us they did, that they did it. Yeah, we knew that, but, oh, well, you know, you still did it. Right. <laughs> you still got it done. So. Right. <sighs> so yeah, a connection to the globalist, bro. There it is. You know, yeah. it's it's one. Uh, um, thank you, brother. I wanted to bring that up because again, that's a hot topic. Again, not only you know in our society, but again, it spills over into evangelicalism. Because you know what's gonna take off again? Curricular hysteria. Here we come. Let's push that even more. Sure, it's all part you know? of the agenda. Intersectionality. Sure. Boom. I told you so, you know. That's what they're going to try to push, push in church. Of course, what's the line? You don't know what it's like to be black in America. Exactly. That's what's coming. That's, I mean, even more push. They had a head start, but now they're going to push even more. Yeah. Um, So that's what takes place. Uh, So thank you, brother, for telling us that. Now, the other part of my segment here that I wanted to go through. So, brother, you know, just think about Okay, well, let's talk. I'll set it up this way. So, you know, me and you, we're doing a podcast so many years. You know, we've been going to shape church for a while. And all of a sudden, I come out with an article and basically text you go, Bro, I'm out. I don't believe in God anymore. I'm out of here. Will you be surprised? Oh, would you? I would, yes. <laughs> Has it happened before? Yes, it's happened. It's happened before, yeah. right? Yeah. Is it no. surprising that sometimes people come out saying they lost their faith or they just completely renounce their Christianity? Mm-hmm. I guess the shock is surprising, but I think when you look back and think of Judas and some of these folks right. that went wild Christ, you're like, but I'm not completely surprised because these things happen, right? Right. So, mm-hmm. Desiring God, you know, uh, John Piper's ministry. Great ministry, John Piper. We love John Piper. We don't agree with everything he says, writes, and does. Right. But, you know, he's, he's a brother in Christ. Yeah. yeah uh, actually, uh, what you're about to say, just to let you know. Uh-huh. I had breakfast with Dr. Gamble this morning. Uh-huh. We talked about this. But really? Yeah. His son? Yes. Okay. So not only his son, Abraham, well, his son, Abraham uh, Piper, yep. whom is, he's very likable. He is very funny. He's eloquent. I mean, he's, he's just, you see him in a, in a video and it makes him wanna, want to like him. And he's just like his father. He uses big words and he knows how to talk. He knows... But 
He's been one of those that you know as a he call he calls it his upbringing more of a f- um, fundamentalist upbringing. That's what he calls it. They love you to know. throw that word around that a time. lot, bro, a lot. Yeah. So he's been basically in and out. Some years back, he, you know, he had gone. He left. John Piper, uh, you know, had him step down because I, be- I believe he had a, he held a position at uh, Desiring God and at his church too. Okay. So had him to step down. They told him you're not doing this anymore. Right. Repent. I guess he came back, repented from the pulpit, repented again, and. Started being installed again, and once again, it is back to him, you know, going back to. So that should tell you, and I always think about, brother, when the multitude was following Christ, and you know, the scripture where it says, although they were with, they were uh, with us, they walked with us, but that they were not of us, right? They were just there for you know, the miracles right. and the multitude of uh, feedings and all that stuff, right. But they weren't really believers in Christ. They were not there for him. What do you want to bet he sees a cash cow? Hey, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. But also, a former desiring God writer renounces the faith. Christianity, too. (laughs) So we got two from the Mm -hmm. desiring God or John Piper's Mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. So one of them is the former writer for desiring God has renounced Christianity, adding to the list of high-profile Christians who have likewise walked away from the faith in recent times. Paul Maxwell, a former philosophy professor at Moody Bible Institute. Maxwell, that last name. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Made the announcement on his Instagram feed that he has that he was no longer a Christian. Was what I really miss is connection with people, Maxwell wrote. What I've discovered is that in is that I I'm sorry. That what I discover is that I'm ready to connect again, and I'm kind of ready to not be angry anymore. I love you guys, and I love all the friendships and support I've built here. And I think it's important to say that I'm just not a Christian anymore, and it feels really good. I'm really happy. I think uh, when we're lost in our sin, we can say that we feel really good and uh, we feel really happy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, boy, there's a, about 10 different directions I could go on that. I, yeah. So I was going to ask Take you. Take it as you want to go, bro. I was going to ask you, what was he angry about? I, I'm not sure. Let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, well, here, let me continue. I can't wait to discover what kind of connection I can have with all of you beautiful people as I try to figure out what's next. Who's the beautiful people he's talking about? I am about? not sure. Yeah. People in general, I don't know. Does he have a special crowd or... Says, I love you guys. I'm in a really friends. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I love you guys. I'm in a really good spot. Probably the best spot for my life. I'm so full of joy for the first time. Oh, I think he's addressing the church. Probably. Probably. I love my life. Calling them, you beautiful people. Yeah. Probably. People that he's encountered, or you know, probably because they're sweet, nice, kind people that you know treated him well, and that's why he's referring to them that way. That we'll see how long that lasts. Go ahead. In a follow-up post, Maxwell responded to people telling him that he will go to hell if he rejects Christianity. I just say, I know that you love me. I know, and I receive it as love, he said. I know you care about the eternal state of my soul, and you push through the social awkwardness of telling me this because you don't want me to suffer. And that is a good thing. That's a loving thing to do. And I hear where you're coming from, and I respect your perspective. Well, okay, he didn't completely butcher them, you know. Um, 
Maxwell, who has uh, his PhD in theology, has authored books on theology, trauma, and fitness, including the book The Trauma of Doctrine. He was also the host of the YouTube channel Self Wire, which explores the intersection of theology, philosophy, psychology, and politics. It was an it was an intellectual exercise for him. <clears throat> yeah, not, not reality. Yeah, I yeah. He was having fun with it intellectually, but he, I don't think there was anything there. No, I don't think so either. Um, so that's one. And again, um, then we have um, John Piper's son. You know, and he, like I said, he's been in and out, be, goes astray. You know, I don't, I, personally, I don't think he was ever a believer. Well, they never are. They you know, never they never were. are, really, right. because, I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, believers don't just. There's a reason why Christ talked about the tares with the wheat. Yes, correct. They grow together. Right. Where is that? Oh, right here. So we'll close with this on my segment. Uh, John Piper's son takes to TikTok to denounce evangelicalism. Abraham Piper, the son of popular theologian and best-selling author John Piper, has become a rising star on TikTok, where he speaks out on a variety of topics, including critiquing evangelical Christianity. Piper, an artist in Minneapolis, Minnesota, posted his first TikTok video in November. He has since amazed close to 1 million followers and 14.8 million million likes on the popular video sharing platform. Piper's TikTok content was also featured in the New York Times. He's, I'm telling you, when you hear him speak, he's eloquent, he's very likable, funny, mm-hmm. I can see why there's 14.8 million views. Because once you hear him, it's like, whoa. And then he looks like John Piper. And the way John Piper speaks and keeps you, you know, into the message, that's how. Can we say the common phrase, the cult of personality? The cult of personality, brother. That is correct. It says, in one video, as reported by Fatewire, Piper questioned, is it even possible for the universe to have a meaning? For anything to matter, we have to matter to ourselves first. And if we all matter to ourselves, then there can't be one single ultimate meaning, he contended. For instance, threatening hell for not believing in a Christian God proves that it's our own fear of pain that motivates us, he argued. (laughs) We are the most fundamental things that matter to ourselves. Even if we choose to behave as if something is more valuable than us, we're doing it because it's what... It's what we feel like doing, so we're still what matters most to ourselves. That type of what, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. He also says in another video. Can, uh, can I? Can I yeah, for just by one? all means. Yeah, I don't want to pass no, no, no. that too quickly. You tell me when you want to stop. And uh, His whole thesis there was uh, the reason people are Christians is because of fear. Mm-hmm. Yep. Fear, fear of hell. And that's why he calls it fundamentalist upbringing. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's sorely mistaken uh-huh. to believe that or even think that. Uh, the reason true Christians are true Christians is because they came under conviction mm. of their own depravity. The Holy Spirit convicted them of that they were... Um, at odds with God, or they were in rebellion against God uh-huh. under under the um, 
the holiness of God in that God is was holy, they're not, and that they're found wanting. Okay. Now a natural byproduct of that is God's wrath. Okay. God has wrath against right. evil, against sin. Okay. But to think that the, it, fear alone was the, the product that, you know, that, that people are remaining Christians because they're fearful of dying and going to hell mm-hmm. is a huge theological mistake. And I, I find that to be either intellectually dishonest from a Ph.D. in theology mm-hmm. or ignorance. Yeah. If he's a Ph.D. in theology, he should know better than that. I think it's intellectually dishonest. And and so um, the reality is once you go through that conviction and you see the need for Savior and the work of redemption occurs within your soul, the fear is no longer there. Mm-hmm. The motivation at that point is a love for Christ and a love for God. Yeah. Because of what Christ did for you. Mm-hmm. It's not a motivation of fear. It's not fear that keeps people Christians. It's a transformation of the soul. Amen. And, mm-hmm. and, and a love for God. Okay, <clears throat> that's what it is. Yeah. Fear is, occurs initially because you come to a point where you realize, holy, I'm in big trouble. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I'm in serious trouble here. I mean, there, that's a huge. That's right. that's what you could call a, a personal great awakening. Yeah, that for you, sure. You realize your own sin. Yeah. Um, and yeah, sure. There's that initial fear. And then what? The, what is comes after that is a great reverence for God. Mm, mm. The reverence for God is what keeps us in line. The love for God and His love for us is what keeps us in line. We fight the flesh, of course. We all yeah. fail in that, you know. And, and we don't always feel clean, you know. There's days I don't feel clean at all. So like my my uh, garments need to be washed with the blood of Christ. Amen. Right? Mm-hmm. But uh, that's because the only reason we get that is because we're true believers. Amen. This young man, uh, Piper's son, I doubt he's ever felt that a day in his life. Mm. I doubt he's ever come to a true recognition and repentance of his own sin. Mm. Uh, I really see this as pressure because of family ties with his dad and an intellectual exercise on his part. He was just interested in it, went and got a degree in it. It just goes to show you that a Ph.D. in theology, a degree from a Bible college or whatever, does not necessarily make you a Christian. Right. And it doesn't make you knowledgeable. Yeah. Because the scripture says, as an unbeliever, it doesn't matter how many PhDs he gets in theology, he doesn't know the scriptures. Yeah. He can't know them because they're spiritually discerned, mm-hmm. and he doesn't yeah. have the spiritual discernment. So a Christian, a brand new Christian of a year that's never been to Bible college, but the Holy Spirit is working with that individual and guiding that individual in the scriptures, that individual knows more about God and more about the scriptures than that Ph.D. that is still dead in his trespasses and sins. Mm, 
Good stuff, bro. Good stuff. Let me continue here with this. Um, so you can. I want you to even give more of your thoughts on this. Right. In another TikTok video, Piper responded to someone who asked why his content has turned more and more to attacking Christianity, adding, it's getting really hard to believe the love everyone you teach. I don't attack Christianity, he argued. I berate evangelicalism, fundamentalism. It's a destructive, narrow-minded worldview, and one of the most destructive, narrow-minded aspect of it is that its adherents feel as if they are the entirety of Christianity rather than the tiny sliver of it that they actually are. What sin is he defending there that he's involved in? That's my first question coming out of that. Yeah, right, right. Is it homosexuality? Is, uh, it, is it fornication? What sin is is tearing him up or that he's realizing that he's involved in that he wants to defend? Usually when you get attacks like that, it's because, oh, well, they're just, they're so bigoted against homosexuals, or they're bigoted against this or that, or yeah. or it's critical race theory, or it's something along that line. Yeah. There's something going on inside him that's causing him to say that as a, as because sure. he's, he's trying to throw the, uh, he's trying to make, he's trying, the, the blame shifting that's going on right there. Yeah. Tells me something's going on with him. Because mm. yep. he's blame that's, shifting on other people. That's good. I like yeah. that. Piper also denounced fundamentalism as bizarre and anti-intellectual. In 2009, John Piper, who served as pastor of Bethlehem Baptist Church for 33 years, explained that Abraham first fell away from Christianity at 19 years old. At the time, the elders of Bethlehem Baptist Church pursued Abraham but he was later excommunicated when he didn't come back to Christ. According to the Times, the preacher's son would return to the faith four years later before ultimately leaving it for good. And that's what we got, brother. So, he's finally said bye-bye, hasta la vista. But again, we were saying that he's never had that true repentance, that true regeneration. And then uh, that's an act of God. God has amen. to do that inside of Amen. Him. So it could be yeah. something that he been just suppressing the truth, suppressing the truth, and going along with the ride, mm-hmm. you know, while leaving at home and whatever, whatever. Finally, you get to get out. You finally get to tell your parents, bye-bye, you know. And right. this is what I feel. You guys were bad, fundamentalists. This typically and, happens. How old is he now? Um... If in 2009, well, in 2009, John Piper said that he first fell away 19 years. He's in his 20s, so he's got to be in his okay. either late yeah. 20s, early 30s. That's about right. That's about right. <clears throat> so 19 was the initial because that's usually when college happens. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Right. So now you're introduced to a wider range of thinking. Yeah. Right? And you run into people at college who right. are of other persuasions. And, but it was Bible college. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you got those people. Bible. You know what's too. huge when you step yeah. into college, brother? Where we we mm-hmm. mentioned this before. It's progressive Christianity. That gets so thrown in their face, and then in turn, you got this new label. This this deconstruct. You know, I'm deconstructing. Deconstructionism. Deconstructing. Yeah. They're discontracting. You know, their Christianity. Like what? So it's basically a progressive Christianity language 
which you know it it tries it, to mix Christianity with the current world uh, view of society. Yes. And it's huge right now. Right. Trying to mix it with homosexuality. Trying to mix it it with uh, trans. Trying Mm -hmm. to mix it with CRT. Trying to mix it with uh, intersectionality, which is an element of CRT. I mean, anything like that. Anything that what's popular in the world at the time, trying Mm -hmm. to mix it together to make it relevant to the world, and that's a huge mistake. Yeah. And number two... uh, the world becoming more influential than God himself. Yep. In other words, the world is the determiner of truth, not God. And so the church has to, yes. has to bow to the world and mix its, mix its theology with what the world says. So the theology's got to adjust so the, the world, the, the world philosophy, the, you know, whatever, whatever uh-huh. they're following, it's worldly, becomes the final authority, yes. not the Word of God. And that's where the problem comes in. That's progressive Christianity. Progressive Christianity, yeah. correct. Yeah. Yeah, they go through this, any, this contract, deconstruction, deconstruction, you know, because they're they facing... Yeah, because they're facing yeah. society and they're bringing all these into a mix with Christianity and they try to get rid of the fundam- fundamentalism, pretty much, you know, from Christianity, saying, well, look, it's not relevant now. What are you doing? we got to love now with society that we have. Right, and then when they say uh, what's what God has put in Scripture is not relevant, mm-hmm. they are downgrading Scripture yeah. and upgrading societal norms. Yes. And the societal norms become the final authority. And yeah. Scripture becomes subservient to their under, their new final authority in their mind. That's right. Uh, and so the, the Scripture has to become relevant to that. And uh, with you and me, and uh, you know, it's the opposite. You know, yes, society correct. society correct. is found wanting. Society is in dire need of of a savior because society is guilty before God. And that, and that's what they don't like. Yeah, they don't like correct. that kind of absolutism, because it because they're man focused rather than God focused. Amen. Amen. But you're hurting these people over here. Well, you know, there were some people hurt in all through the old covenant too, wasn't it? Yep. You know, um, God hurt a lot of people because they would not submit to his authority. That's right. God is very, very serious yeah. about him being the final authority. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest problem they have. <clears throat> they have a problem with God. Yes. That's what the problem is, brother. Why? Yeah. Because they don't, according to them, or what they think a, a God should be, you know, start questioning God as to why is God so wrathful? Why does he send people to hell? What you know, questioning God. So the problem they have is God. Yeah, it, here's this here's this finite creature uh-huh. that is a creation of God mm-hmm. that is in full blown rebellion against God, that is has the gall to question the integrity of God, mm. right? Yep. Uh, I mean, 
I don't even honor questions like that with an answer because the questions themselves indicate everything I need to know about that individual. Mm. Okay? Mm -hmm. That they're in full-blown rebellion and in total denial of their own human condition. Mm. And so... It's one thing to question God in the sense of, um, I'm not rebelling against God, I'm just wondering why this is happening, okay? Why did God do this or why did God do that? In the sense of, uh, I still love and care, you know, I still love God, I still am, you know, submissive to God, but I don't understand what's happening. Why right, God's right. doing this or that. That's different. What they're talking about is, uh, well, God, how are you still righteous and holy if you do this or if you do that? <clears throat> yep. Okay, so who becomes the final authority and the, the standard? That individual does. Yeah. So this finite creature who's, who's a created being who is him, him or herself uh, steeped in evil... Mm-hmm. In, you know, the, the heart of man is wicked beyond measure, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, we're born in iniquity, right? Uh, who themselves are not righteous. Mm-hmm. That's they're right. not holy. They're not righteous. Is sitting in judgment on the holy, righteous God and saying, God, you have to meet my standards or I will deem you to not be holy and not be righteous. <laughs> this is what we're seeing. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm like, okay, I, it, it's very, very difficult for me to take someone like that seriously as an individual. Yeah, yeah. Because the only thing I'm going to do is look at them and say, dude, you're in serious trouble. You're self-destructing. Your soul is black. It's dark. It's full of iniquity. And, you know, not black in the sense of race, okay? So people get confused on that. <laughs> black in the sense... It's, it's just crazy the, that we have to even... Yeah, <laughs> black in the sense of dark, right? Yeah, in right. In the sense of, of you, you're blind and you can't see. And, and, you're, and you're filled with iniquity, right? Um, and you need to repent. Amen. Believe on Christ. You need a Savior. They're, they're blind to themselves. Mm. But what they really want, what every individual that's outside of Christ, what's, that's still involved in their sin without a Savior, that's lost in their trespassing sins, what they all want is to be the final authority. They mm. want to be the, the determine their own path, right? They, they want to determine their own morality their own life. Their own. But the thing that frustrates is that they have no control. Yeah, right. Yeah, we don't have control over life. Mm-mm. You know? Um, you know, we, I mean, we're... I, I mean, it's... I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. Can you, can you just go into outer space, brother, and just go start flying around? You know? <laughs> I wish. Can, can, you, can you step out of an airplane that's, you know, <clears throat> flying at, you know, 10,000 feet at, you know, 600 miles an hour? Can you just step out for a moment and get a, some fresh air and then step back in? <laughs> We're limited. Yeah, yeah. 
We're limited creatures. Yeah. And we're limited in our soul and our spirit. Our soul is in a well, Romans three. Yeah. There's none righteous, no not one. Not There's one. none to do with good. You know, we're all right. gone astray. You know, and we're all guilty before God. That's our limitation. Yeah. And that's what frustrates them. They yeah. don't like that. So they want to be free of that mm-hmm. without being in Christ. So how do you get free of that without being Christ in your own mind psychologically? Is you break free by declaring your own superiority, your own yeah. final authority. Yeah. And this is how they do it. Yeah. I denounce my faith. Right. I'm not a Christian anymore. I am I, I exactly. I right. I, I Right. So I now I am my own final authority. I am king of kings. I am Lord of Lords. I am you know and they're not saying it that way, but in ultimately That's, they become yeah. their own God. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Their own ruler, their own determiner. Of uh, you know, it's and it's the epitome of secular humanism. Yeah, that's what it is. Secular humanism. Yeah. Good stuff, my brother. Well, that's all I got for this part of the segment. Now, uh, gonna just flow it back to you. Hand it over to me. Hand it over to you, like a quarterback handing off to his running back. There you go. <laughs> the storm, right? Hit us with the storm, bro. What is this storm that you're talking about? <laughs> I couldn't wait to get through my segment so I can get to the storm. Come on. <laughs> There's a storm coming. I've been doing research. Uh-oh. Here we well, go. Well, actually, I don't really do that much research. I research to find those who have done the research. Yeah. That's yeah. my research. Well, I'm going to those who have done the research. Uh-huh. Um, Q post. Okay. Okay. That cult that the mainstream media has yeah. demonized the now, right? Q, it's Q, a yeah. cult now, right? The cult, um, right? <laughs> on Q posts, people were doing numbers and saying, um, you know, we think this transpires to date, right? Uh huh. Um, Q will write like eleven hundred or this or that, or okay, he writes numbers. They think it's dates. They they figured out now. There's especially this uh, one individual who really dug in deep okay. on it. Now I've I've watched his videos, and there's others who are starting to say the same thing. Okay. The numbers in the Q post are not dates. Really? Huh. They are references. Okay. To the war manual for the United States military. Oh man. The United States military has a law of war or a war manual, and specifically, Q concentrated on two particular chapters. Mm. It's chapter 11 and chapter 18, which tells us that Q is military intelligence. Really? Okay. All right. That's what Q is. That, in my humble opinion, that's what Q is. Okay. So everybody wants to know what's Q, what's Q. Is it some guy in the, in the basement started Somewhere, this thing? Right? No, 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 no. It, it's impossible that that's what it is for a number of reasons. No, I, I'm really convinced it's military intelligence. Huh, okay. Because Q knows the war manual forwards and backwards. He knows it extremely well because yeah. what this individual, he did proofs. And he did charts, and he showed Q post in comparison to the numbers coordinated in the war manual, and they matched up perfectly. And this came out this week. 
And hmm. so, Interesting based stuff. upon his hours upon hours upon hours of research, he read the entire war manual, which is like 1,500 pages. That's a lot of reading. Mm, that is a lot. And, he's, and he was trying to understand it, trying to learn the military law and the military war manual and all that. And then comparing it to Q posts over the, last, you know, over the three or four years, however long Q was posting. I think it was about three years. And came to the following conclusions. Okay, mm. so I'm just going to throw the conclusions out all there. Right, all right, all right. Folks can do your own research on it. Number one. Biden administration will be taken down by the military. Hmm, okay. okay. Uh, in a military coup. The war manual allows for this because of foreign inter- interference in the election mm. and the cooperation of the Biden administration with that foreign interference plus a lot of other people in the country that uh, are going to be revealed later mm. um, who are who operated in that same vein they all fall under the war manual as citizens or civilians that can be tried in military tribunals mm-hmm. because they made themselves to be enemies domestic of mm. the United States okay because remember we're sworn to when you swear in in the military and or in law enforcement or both you're sworn to defend the United States against enemies foreign and domestic. That's right. Well, these would be considered enemy combatants domestic, Mm. which would make the current supposed president of the United States, you know, I'm not convinced that's really Biden, but um, um, an enemy domestic, okay? And his cabinet and a lot of other people along with him, heads of... Yeah, yeah, Social yeah. media networks. Huh. So it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. Mm. CEOs. Yeah. yeah. Um, social media networks that are uh, uh, suppressing free speech or suppressing anything that uh, follows a narrative that's anti-globalist. Yeah. So, so they're, Christians stand by because uh, you're next. They're attacking mm. Q Post right now. They're get, first was Q Post. They... Anybody that Q post or talked about Q got deplatformed yeah. off of social media. We're talking specifically Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Second, COVID nineteen. Anybody mm. would talk about COVID nineteen that was anything outside of what those platforms thought they should be talking about as far as COVID nineteen goes, the official narrative or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, deplatformed. Mm. Okay. The next thing they're going to go after uh-huh. are Christians, yeah, and I probably use it, use the concept of hate speech to go after them. Oh, sure, you know. Now, those are considered under the war manual because they were complicit in covering up. Because anybody talked about the election, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot about that one. The election fraud. You mentioned the word election fraud. They deplatformed you. That was enough by omission or by, you know, mm-hmm. association uh, to be considered under the war manual, enemy combatants, domestic. Mm. They can be tried in military tribunals. Oh, yeah. According to the war manual. Yeah. Now, all right, so we've got all that established. All right. So what's the storm? Tell us the storm, bro. I'm waiting. 
military takeover of the current administration because okay. Washington, D.C. is now considered to be under foreign power. Mm, okay. And that foreign power specifically is China. That China is in full control of the current administration. China took over Washington, D.C. and, and have mm-hmm. are, are, for all practical purposes, cyber, by cyber attack, mm-hmm. occupying our, our capital. Mm. Which gives the military the right to defend the nation against that foreign power and to go in and take that, that, that entire Washington, D.C. area down. Yeah, yeah. Okay? So they occupy it. Now, when military takes it over, you begin to see, for probably a couple of years, mm-hmm. tribunals occurring, people mm. coming to trial. When you see the military take over and the tribunals start to take place, that okay. is, that's the storm. That's the beginning of the storm. Remember when the president would, said he had all the, his military people lined up, and he was right. saying to the press, you know, uh, talking about the storm, and they were yeah. saying, what's yeah. the storm, Mr. President? He'll, he says, you'll find out. <laughs> it's the military coup. Mm. This has been planned for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And the, the whole idea was, you know, if you go, if you chase rats, they scatter and you can't catch them. Okay. But if you put right. a big piece of cheese out with a trap, mm-hmm. the rats come to you and you can get them all. You can hmm. trap them all. What they did, it was intended that that uh, Trump lose the election. Mm. Yeah. Well, he didn't yeah. lose it. He won the election, but that they would, by fraud, right. take the election, right? right? That that did not surprise Trump. It did not mm. surprise the military. It did not surprise military intelligence they planned on that. Mm. They planned it to be that way. Okay. Now, why? To catch the rats. You draw the rats in. They think they've won, so now they start all that yeah. acting out yeah. that they're doing. Right. They were doing executive orders and all the the hoopla and all that. The rats are walking right into the trap. Right into the trap, huh? Yep. So next thing that happens is all the rats get taken down by military force this this is coming i believe it's coming before 2024 for this reason uh-huh and there's so many things in my head i don't want to miss anything okay um and i'm doing this all, all by memory the president's uh, trump said there would be a republican president in 2024 right mm-hmm. yep now he did not say he would be that president right and he did not say it would be a Republican Party president. That's true. He said a Republican president. What would that mean? The pre- from 1913 till now, all the presidents have been corporate presidents, not republic presidents. Mm. Presidents of the Republic of America. Yeah, right. They've been presidents of the Corporation of America. Why? Because... The world bankers have owned this country since for that whole period of time. Uh-huh. The Federal Reserve was just that the arm of the, or the subsidiary of the world banks that was placed in America for the purpose of, of um, doing the day-to-day operation of their ownership of the country. They had mm. to have something there to to operate the country. They controlled yeah. presidents. The mm. presidents did whatever the corporation told them to do. Mm. 
okay. And why? How did that happen? Well, America went bankrupt in 1929. Remember the 1929 That's crash? Right. Mm-hmm. Well, th- that was done by the bankers. But back in 1913, they took over because of another financial crisis. And it was the United States, Britain, and a number of European countries. Uh, they bankrupted our, our com- the countries. Okay? Now... That was a result of the, the the money spent after you know, during the Civil War and everything. Yeah. The United States was basically bankrupt after the Civil War. Had a hard time recovering. Had a, from from that financially. Went into a deal with the bank. The bankers basically gave a deal that they couldn't refuse. Right. That's right. So, um, and uh, basically bought out the country. Said we'll bail you out. Right. <laughs> but you're gonna have to. You you we're gonna own you. Basically, yep. it wasn't right? for free. Well, the Bible <laughs> says that the, you know the, the the borrower is slave to the lender. Well, we've been slave to the world bankers since they've bailed us out. Yeah, the whole operation, which I, they believe began maybe at Kennedy's presidency in nineteen sixties, mm. early sixty. Yeah, um, maybe even further back, all the way back to Eisenhower, they began to work because Eisenhower talked about the industrial. Military industrial complex. Okay. It's the reason why he was talking about that because he saw what was going on. He saw the control right. of the bankers over the military and over, you know, getting us into wars and all of that. He saw that this was coming. So even back then, they began to plan this whole thing mm-hmm. to take down the Federal Reserve, take down the world bankers, mm-hmm. and get us out from under their control. They asked Trump if he would be willing to run for president and come in as president to, uh, to, to bring in the final step of that. Okay. And he agreed to do it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Trump doesn't want a second term. One was enough. <laughs> yeah. And he's operating as, as a shadow president right now. Ah. Now think about this. Okay. All of a sudden Biden says we're going to build the wall on the southern border. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you really believe Biden would have done that? Who's really behind, pulling the strings on that one? Yeah, exactly. That's Trump and the military that is in control. Okay? They're pulling the soldiers out of Afghanistan. They're pulling the military out of Afghanistan. Yeah. Now, now the globalists wanted us in Afghanistan to continue a war. They've been trying to That's get us into true. a war. That's true. Who's in control? The globalists there? Or is it Trump and the military? It's Trump mm. and the military. It's, it's the patriots, Trump and the military. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so they're in control. So here's the thing. Trump's agenda is being carried out by mm-hmm. the Biden administration. Yeah. That should tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, pretty much. Huh? <laughs> Biden administration's not in control. And now the globalists are no, no longer in control. Yeah, so we're in the midst of a of a behind the scenes civil war right now, mm. and the civil war is the we the people versus the world banker globalist. Yeah, that's the civil war. That's we're huge. trying to throw off a foreign power. So since Washington D.C. is now under foreign occupation, guess what the military gets to do? The storm. The storm. The military gets to go in and take over Washington, D.C. Now, the military takes control under martial law for a period of time. Yeah. Probably two two years. Mm-hmm. 
two, maybe two and a half years. Okay. So that they can do the military tribunals and begin to reset the nation out of they've got to they've got to reset us to be out from under the corporate law. Oh, okay. This is what we've been under. Yeah, right. And reset us back to the common law, which is the original Constitution. Mm, People right. keep screaming about the Constitution, Constitution, Constitution. I'm sorry, but the Constitution is not, for, for a long time, has not been the foundational um, the jurisdiction for the courts. It's been no, the corporate right. law. Mm-hmm. The courts have been following the corporate law because that's what they've been under. Because by coercion, they have yeah, no choice. Yeah, no choice. They they've been right. you know the country's owned. It's yeah. like like I bought this house. You know the World <laughs> Bankers bought America, and they they've owned this and ran us right. That's right. But now the World Bankers are being thrown off, mm. and they're the bank the, the Federal Reserve is being is it, they're they're bankrupting the Federal Reserve right now. Mm. So you have two economies running uh, parallel. The World Banker economy or the Federal Reserve economy, subsidiary of the World Bankers, and the, the We the People economy. Mm. Okay? They've got to run in parallel for a little while because if you just switch from one to the other, suddenly you create a lot of problems, you know, a, lot of, a lot of chaos going on. So they're trying to do this in a way where there's not a bunch of chaos, not a bunch right. of disruption in the country. And they're doing a good job of it now. So the reason I'm saying it has to be before 2024 okay. is because Trump said a republic, a president of a republic would be elected in 2024. So that means they're not of a corporate <laughs> president, which means the corporation yeah. has to be fully taken down by 2024. Mm-hmm. So all of this has to occur before 2024. And then you, whether it's a Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, whatever it is, yeah, whatever president goes in will be a president of the Republic of America, not the Corporation of America. That's what's going on. Now, I want to get into some scripture. Ooh, let's do it. Because I need to talk about something. Okay. Hold on these lines. I'm going to hit this light so I can see better. I think the reason the church is getting along, getting it wrong, and I said to Dr. Gamble this morning. By the way, Dr. Gamble, folks, is he has he's a former um, seminary professor. We'll just leave it at that. that. Uh, extremely smart. Yeah, very smart. <laughs> very, very, very smart. And I enjoy time with him. But here's the thing. I think why I, I said to Dr. Gamble, I said, uh-huh. why is it that? Every it seems like every preacher in America right now is not getting it. Right. Nobody's screaming to to the top of their lungs from the pulpit about this human trafficking that's going on, this sex trafficking of children. Why aren't they like the Black Brigade of of the Revolution in America? Right. The, the preachers in, during that time. Why aren't they screaming from the pulpits mm-hmm. against this stuff and exposing it? Mm-hmm. Nobody is. Where now? Doggone are the preachers. Where are they at? (laughs) They're oblivious. They're blind to what's going on. Yeah. They need to wake up. Now, here's the thing. I believe that the churches are messed up right now on this because their eschatology is wrong. 
Eschatology is, is a, your view of the end times, mm-hmm. right? That's right. So uh, I, I, the narrative that, well, we just ride this out and we'll get rescued out in a rapture. Yeah. And then there'll be yeah. a seven-year tribulation. And then the second coming of Christ. And then a thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth. And then we're just kind of right. hanging out waiting for that to happen. Yep. If that's your mindset, you're... T- you're completely ineffective in the kingdom of God right now. Hmm. Because that is not, in my humble opinion, what the scriptures, that's not in the scriptures. It's not what the scriptures tell us. That's right. Go to Daniel chapter 2. I'm going to take us on a little journey. How are we doing on time, brother? Because I know I've been Um, going long. Yeah, we got about another five, ten minutes. Oh, boy. Can I go a little bit over? Oh, yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. So Daniel chapter 2, I'll do the quick version of this. Uh, He's talking about, you know, that Nebuchadnezzar has a dream, and he dreams of uh, the image, you know, the head of gold, the shoulders of silver, and the the brass hips and all that, and then the feet of clay and iron, right? That's that's, right. He has a dream, and Daniel tells him, okay, what you saw, Nebuchadnezzar, in your dream, was four great kingdoms. The head of gold is Babylon. The silver part is, uh, the, and the shoulders and all that is, is um, that was Persia, right? That's right. And then uh, the next one is Greece. And then the bottom one, the clay and the, and the iron is Rome. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's the four great empires. And then he says this, after talking about the four great empires, he says this, and in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. This is verse 44 out of Daniel 2. So he's already talked about the, you know, in 42, he's talking about this. He says, and as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, and so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. That's Rome. Now remember, Rome was partly strong and partly broken mm-hmm. during most, during its, especially its later uh later uh, existence. And whereas thou uh, saw iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, uh, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. So, and it's, it's a good description of Rome. And then he says this, and in the days of these kings, these kings, the, the Roman kings, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. It's during that time of Rome that God sets up his new covenant kingdom. Okay. Okay. And of course, that's Christ coming on the scene and the redemption occurring, the resurrection, mm-hmm. and then the church really beginning to disrupt Rome heavily. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and it says, uh, uh, set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Now, get that, folks. That kingdom would never be destroyed. The church, the new covenant church, not the old covenant church, which was Israel. Israel was the old covenant church. Okay, church has existed since Abraham uh, was called out by God. The church transformed from a nation to a people of God, Mm. of all nations, tribes, and so forth, in the new covenant church. So there's your transformation. So it went from being a physical kingdom to being a spiritual kingdom in the new covenant. Amen. Okay, we have to understand that. That's fundamental. Now, 
So he says, which shall never be destroyed, so that that kingdom, the spiritual kingdom of the, the new covenant church, will never be destroyed, which goes completely against this narrative that the church is going to be hanging on by its fingernails and Christ has to come back and rescue it. That's not what happens. Mm. Okay, Here's what he says would happen. Uh, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. The church would dominate over the kingdoms of the world. Mm. What has happened? The church has, for 2,000 years, has dominated over the kingdoms of the world. And it shall stand forever. There would be no end to the church of God. Okay? For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands. What stone was cut out of the mountains without hands? <laughs> that gigantic rock that okay. was sitting in front of the tomb. Where was Moses when he spoke with God? On the mountain. And what did God do? He brought the stones from heaven. He cut out the stones. Out That's of the right. Mountain. Cut them out and said, Here you go, boy. That's a new one, huh? That's a new one, yeah. And he gave it to Moses. Uh huh. That's the law of God. And Moses is like coming down with That's bright white hair. <laughs> Right. So the Glowing. stone that's that's cut out of the mountain is the word of God. The word of God. It's the word of God. Now watch this. This this really this from here it's it's incredible. Watch this. So he cuts out the stone of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold. What takes down the nations? And breaks apart the evil in the nations, the word of God. The word of God, wow. The great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain and the interpretation thereof. Well, if it's the word of God, and it's a new covenant word of God, we got to go to Hebrews. Yep. We'll go to Hebrews chapter 4. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Folks, hang with us. I know it's been a long podcast, but... This is too important to pass up. Just too important. Good stuff. And this is why I believe uh, that what we're going to see over the next few years is not um, a domination of the church by an antichrist and tribulation uh-huh. and all that. No. I, or a rapture. What I believe we're going to see is the domination of the church over the kingdoms of this world. Mm. I think we're about to see it in a way that we've never seen it before. Yeah. I, I, I told Dr. Campbell this morning, I said, I think we're in a time period right now that is going to, that is going to rival the Reformation. Mm. Good stuff. That's, and yeah. he said, very well could be. He's Good seeing stuff. what I'm seeing. Now, chapter 4, Hebrews 4. Check this out. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left at us of entering into his rest. Now, who's his rest? It's the rest of Jesus Christ, right? That's right. So he said, Come unto me, who, you who are laboring, who are uh, burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you Sabbath mm-hmm. rest. rest. When you see rest here, it's a reference to Sabbath. Sabbath is rest, okay? Yeah. Any of you should seem to come short of it. 
come short of the Sabbath or the rest. Okay, watch. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, the Pharisees, the, the unbelievers of Israel during that time, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Now they kept, those Hebrews kept the physical Sabbath mm-hmm. as spoken of in Levitical law. That's right. But they didn't keep the Sabbath because they were doing it in unbelief. Mm, right? Damn. Got Correct. it? Now, here it goes. Um, and plus, their calendar was 360 days, not 365 days. Yeah, that's right. So anybody who thinks that on Saturday, which is, by the way, the days of the week are pagan names, <laughs> but we have to use them because nobody understands what we're talking about unless we use those pagan terminologies but on, anybody thinks that every saturday they're keeping the keeping the old you know these yeah keep the sabbath day to keep it holy therefore you have to work worship on saturday with the church you're not worshiping on the seventh day according to the 360 year calendar that they were on right plus there are high holy days which were not always on the seventh day do we keep the high holy days now <laughs> no right okay We're going to develop this picture. Watch. We're going to bring the Word of God back into this in a moment. For we which have believed do enter into rest. What rest? We're entering into Sabbath, Mm -hmm. right? What Sabbath? As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my Sabbath, or my rest, the rest that Christ gives, his Sabbath, Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, everything that is happening, everything that happened from the creation to the cross, mm-hmm. and everything from the cross to now, was already established from the foundation of the world. God is in 100% full control that, of everything that's going on, and why are people so in such anxiety when the God they worship is in full control? That is. There's no need for anxiety. Rest on him. Now, mm-hmm. number four. For, uh, verse four. For he spake in a certain place, certain place, the rock that was carved out for Moses mm-hmm. on the mountain, of the seventh day on this wise. Okay, so a specific day in the Old Covenant, a physical specific day. Why? He says, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. That's why. It's, it's a rest of God on the seventh day. So the Old Covenant, remember, physical, certain right. particular day. Right. That's not New Covenant. Right. If you're thinking physical day today, you're still thinking Old Covenant. You've not entered yourself in mentally into the New Covenant. Now watch. I just I can't emphasize this strong enough. I'm so, so passionate about this. Verse 6. Seeing therefore it remains that some must enter therein. Why? Because of unbelief. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Right? Mm-hmm. Again, he limited a certain day, saying in David, Today, after so long a time, as it is said, 
Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts, for if Jesus had given them rest, Sabbath, our true Sabbath is in Christ. Mm -hmm. We keep the Sabbath day by being in Christ. That's how you keep the Sabbath day. That's how you keep the Fourth Amendment. You have to be in Christ to keep the Fourth Amendment, otherwise you're not keeping it, no matter what you do traditionally or by Levitical law. Then... He, not afterward, have spoken of another day. Now they say, well, that's Sunday. It went from Saturday to Sunday. That's the other day. Wrong. I know that's a lot of reform will say that. Right. I don't agree. Here's why. I'm going to show you why. There remains, therefore, a rest to the people of God. Now, a Sabbath to the people of God, right? Mm -hmm. Which is rest. Right. The rest is in Christ. Christ coming to me, all ye who are labored, burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you Sabbath, right? Now, does he only give us that Sabbath on one day of the week, brother? No. Do we only have peace in Christ only on the seventh day? No. Do we have only have peace with Christ only on the first day? No. It's every day. Every day. The Sabbath Today, now, is moment by moment with Christ. Amen. Now, how does this tie into Daniel? I'm going to show you in a moment. It's that kingdom. That's the kingdom. Now, watch. For he that has entered into his rest, his Sabbath, rest in Christ, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. What he's saying is, as God sees from the creation, as a comparison, we cease from our work of trying to gain the favor of God. We don't have to work to gain that favor because it's in Christ. And if we're in Christ, we already have it. Mm. We have to cease from our labor our heavy Preach, bro. labor. Okay? <laughs> Good stuff. We are resting in Christ spiritually. This is a spiritual rest. Now watch. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. We're laboring to enter into the rest of Christ, His Sabbath. Mm. Now, I'm passionate about this. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief doesn't matter if you're worshiping on the seventh day by the Levitical law. If you're in unbelief, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. The church is not restricted to any one particular day when it comes to worship. That's right. We're, we are supposed to be worshiping every day. We're supposed to reverence Christ every day. Not just on one particular day. Hmm. Now, we meet on Sunday because, you know, it represents the resurrection of Christ. But we're not restricted to only meeting on Sunday. Got it, folks? <laughs> All right, here we go. Next verse. He brings in the Word of God. Why? He referenced the Word of God, the stone cut out on the mountain, right? That's right. And he said the Word of God would take down the nations. How? Watch. For the word of God is quick, which means alive. It's old English for alive. For the word of God is alive or quick 
and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So it's a two-edged sword. Mm -hmm. Piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God takes down the nations by piercing the hearts of men and changing them from evil to having light in Christ. And governments and nations are changed by that. And that's how a nation is taken out. The evil of a nation is taken out. I believe what we're seeing today is that very thing. As evil is being taken down by Christians in government, believers are taking down this evil, horrible cabal, this globalist cabal, they're taking it down <laughs> and they're destroying it. Now, I, I didn't even get to get into the Great Reset, my, the book over here. We'll get into it in the next podcast because there's a lot there. Yeah. Now, let's jump over. Well, let me go, go on and then we'll jump over. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him. With him we have to do, nobody can hide from God. That's right. And their plans and their secret societies and all that cannot hide from God. He's got them. They can't hide from him. And they can't stop him. He's, he will destroy them. Psalm 2. Right. Seeing then that we have a great high priest, Jesus Christ, that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Mm. He knows our, our temptations. He knows our, our, <clears throat> our difficulties. He knows our weakness in the flesh. He knows our infirmities. He can identify with us. He knows our struggles. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace. How can we come boldly into the throne of grace? In the old covenant economy, where they had the physical seventh day, they couldn't approach God. Mm. The high priest had to do that in the temple once a year, in in the Holy of Holies. Spiritual Israel, the church of the new covenant, can boldly approach God because of the redemption of Christ. Now, Amen. That we may obtain mercy and, and, and find grace to help in time of need. Let's go to Revelation. Revelation 19. Revelation. All right. Now watch this. See if it all comes together. 19, verse 1. After these things, I heard a great voice of much people in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation. Ah, there's the resurrection of Christ and salvation in the hearts of men and glory and honor and power unto the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments. For he hath judged the great whore. Who's the great whore, brother? You know who it is. They don't oh, know. yeah. It's uh, Israel. Israel was the great whore. Folks, it was Israel. Yep. Well, how can it be Israel? It's got to be the the revised Roman Empire or whatever. No, a yeah. Gentile nation cannot be a whore to God. They were never married to God. That's right. Only the nation that was married to God could be the whore. That's right. Could commit fornication. 
they, Israel was married to God. And there's a passage in the Old Covenant that says God divorced Israel because yep. it was a great whore. Mm-hmm. It went after other gods and God was... Con- all the way through the Old Covenant. That's Books. Good. God was saying, you keep whoring after these gods. The great whore was Israel. That's right. Because they kept whoring after other gods, which did corrupt the earth with her fornication. Mm. Now, how could... A Gentile nation commit fornication, spiritual fornication. They were never connected to God. Only Israel could commit that fornication. Mm-hmm. Folks, get, get, let's get out of this mindset that we're in and get into what the Word actually says. And hath avenged the blood of his servants at her hand. Did Israel kill the prophets? Yes. Israel was guilty of that. Now watch. Okay. And again they said, Hallelujah. And her smoke rose up forever and ever. Now, that doesn't, doesn't mean that literal smoke literally rose up forever and ever. What it means is when that temple was taken down in A.D. 70, that's it, final. Mm-hmm. That temple will never rise again. There is no future temple coming. No. The, the pro, I, I, humbly, I say that the prophecy experts saying that, they're wrong. Yeah. That temple in 70 AD was the last temple, and it was taken down, and it's mm-hmm. never going to rise again. Watch this. And the four, uh, let's see, it's, okay, yeah, verse four. And the four and 20 elders, that's the 24 high priests of Israel, First Chronicles 24, they're named by name. And the four beasts, that's the four, that's, that's Babylon, right? The four mm-hmm. beasts represents Babylon, uh, Persia, Greece and Rome, Greece right? And the Rome, the right. kingdoms of the world, right? The Gentile nations fell down and worshiped God. In other words, the high priests of Israel, representing spiritual Israel, and the, the Gentile nations all fell down and worshiped God. That is new covenant. Yep. Okay? That's the church of the new covenant. Now, watch this. Worship God that sat on the throne saying, Amen, Hallelujah. And a voice came out of the throne saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants and ye that fear him, both small and great. Yeah, we're supposed to fear God. So there's people complaining about us fearing God. Yeah, you got a lot to learn. And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude. That's new, co- that's new and old covenant saints together. Mm-hmm. And the voice of many waters, that's the many nations. Waters represents nations. And as a voice of mighty thunderings saying, there's a storm for you, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come. It came 2,000 years ago. We're currently married to Christ. Right. We don't have to wait to be married to Christ. We're married to Him now. All right, let's get let's get this now. And his wife hath made herself ready. That's the church. Mm-hmm. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he saith unto me, Write, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. 
And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. This is after, this is at the end of 70 AD, mm-hmm. when, when the, the full New Covenant church was established. Verse 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him, and he said unto me, See thou do it not, I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus, worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. And I saw heaven open, and a white, behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. That was back then. He made war against the great whore. And that was 63 to 70 AD. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed. Why? Because the scriptures had not been written down yet at that time. But now they're being written down at, as the writing of these books. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, his own blood. That's the blood he shed on the cross for the redemption of humankind. And his name is called the Word of God. Mic drop right there. It's the word of God that takes down the evil governments, nations, and all that. The evil world globalist, you know, agendas. It's the word of mm. God that takes them down. Yep. It's not physical warfare. It's not government over, throwing over a, overthrowing a government. That's right. It's not riots in the streets. None of that. It's the Word of God. They can't fight against the Word of God. They can't fight against it and win. The apostates that leave the faith can't fight against the Word of God and win that battle. They'll lose every single time. It doesn't appear that way to us sometimes. But from the heavenly and spiritual perspective, they've already lost. The Word of God triumphs. We'll do part two of this next podcast because I can't get through it all. Uh, Good stuff, bro. We'll do part two, definitely. So stay tuned, folks. Part two coming up in the next podcast. Thank you for blessing us, brother. Appreciate that, those thoughts. Had a lot of things we got through today. Before we close here, though, we got some really exciting news. We do, yes. And it's been a long time coming. You know, we've been doing our podcast for a couple years, probably 2017, 18, I can't even remember. We've been doing a few of them, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, we've just been, whatever the the doors the Lord opens, that's where where, where we're going to go through, right, brother? Yes. So, which leads us to uh, some great news, folks. We've spoken about this before in a few podcasts ago, and uh, talking about having our own website. Yes, our own site, the Vortex Apologetic website webpage, and it's actually I'm gonna just tell everybody it's gonna be the Vortex Apologetic dot com. Able to get our domain name, 
which uh, we're going to own in the future. And uh, we're building a website uh, pending uh, release. We're going through drafts right now and, uh, you know, having my brother look at it and approvals, and uh, which we're going to be launching soon. So, folks, be on the lookout. We, I think I posted one thing on Facebook kind of pointing towards, uh, you know, the purchase of the domain name. But uh, here in the near future, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to just take off. We're going to do yes. a takeoff. And what we're going to do, we're going to publish my brother, the brain slash trail thinkers, first blog. That'll be like our launch pad. We'll launch the website with your blog, first article, first blog, going out with it. What do you got to say about that, brother? But you better make it a good one, bro. I don't know. I'm just saying. It's a launch, so, you know. You give me more work to do, brother. <laughs> you know, I, I, I do all the technical, you know, all the audio. Man. You know, I play the devil's <laughs> no, advocate kind of way. And you, know. you do all the, uh, <laughs> the, 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 you know, the theological. I'm, a, the, I'm, a, I'm like the lazy kid complaining, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually look forward to it. It's, it's uh, I love to write. I love yeah. to write, and this is going to be just a pure joy for me. And uh, and we're going to get more than try to get more than just me writing. Oh yeah, blog. yeah. For future, so, we're going to yeah. try to add more bloggers to our yeah. site. But, uh, but just I'll to let start everyone out, start so, off right. And yeah. you were excited when I told you. I you was, looked at I me. Was, he was excited. I was thrilled. I, I was, so I'm, I'm, I'm it's going to be a blessing, brother. And, and uh, soon, uh huh, uh-huh. in about four months. Yeah. I'll have all the time in the world on my hands yep. to do it because I won't be working anymore. Yep. My man, the brain is going to retire for real this time. For yeah. real. Not just retire to so, get a retirement paycheck, but yeah, actually yeah. retire. Retire, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we started it now so we can ready for that time when it comes. Yeah. We'll have a bunch of stuff for you to do. <laughs> Oh, good. You got to keep me busy because I don't. You know, I'm gonna have to have something to do. <laughs> Praise <laughs> so, the Lord. Good no, it's stuff. gonna be good. I, I I'm looking forward to it. I really do have a very very optimistic, positive view of the future, and I'm talking about near future. And I really think that um, the opportunities coming up are going to be golden. I think things are going to be happening. It's going to shock all of you. Yeah. And uh, even me, it'll shock me too, I'm sure. But uh, God is doing a great work. Amen. And I believe that um, the creativity that God has gifted all of you with, and he's gifted all of you in our audience with some form of creativity, you're going to be able, if things work out the way I think they will, you're going to be able to fully operate in those gifts that God has given you, the creativity He's given you, and I believe you're going to be able to accomplish amazing things, not only for the kingdom of God, but just for practical things in the world in general. Yeah, uh, I think the inventiveness when it comes to technology, mm-hmm. when it comes to writing, when it comes Amen. to music, when it comes to all this stuff, is just going to explode in a positive way. Amen. We need it. Yeah, because I mean, the good stuff. Daniel's prophecy says that the church would just continue to get stronger and stronger and stronger and that we would dominate the world. And I think I'm really looking forward 
to seeing that over, oh, I won't see it fully, but over, you know, over the next successive um, generations, we're going to continue to see mm-hmm. that happening, and I believe it's going to be glorious as God continues to bless the church, strengthen the church. The church learns the lessons it needs to learn, just like the seven churches of, of Asia back in the day, back you know, in the, mm-hmm. the chapters two and three right. of Revelation. And the church will continue to mature and grow, and God will do great things with it. Good stuff. On that note, brother, close us out. All right. Remember, folks, remember to keep your mind truck and heart pure. We'll see you next podcast. Catch you on the flip side. You have been listening to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. We want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. It's a blessing to have you. Hope that you continue to enjoy the future episodes and to tune in and share away with others that might be interested. Uh, I wanted to thank our families for supporting us, especially our wives that uh, they put up with us. They allow us to have time to study and spend time uh, in the Word of God, and uh, in return, they help us as well and they keep us accountable. It's a blessing to have them in our lives. So, we want to especially thank them. I uh, also want to thank uh, our church, uh, friends, and uh, the men's study that we have that we continue to encourage, be encouraged about. I uh, want to thank all these people because they support us and pray for us, and uh, it's a blessing to have in our life. Other than that, I hope you continue to enjoy the Vortex Apologetic Podcast. Uh, we will talk to you soon. More episodes to come your way. Other than that, I'm out. We're out. God bless you. Stay